are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Opening kickoff. The other day, it was J.J. Watt's 30th birthday. Happy birthday, J.J. Happy belated birthday to J.J. Watt. You know, it seemed like it wasn't that long ago that Texans fans was booing after they drafted him. And now he is like the face of the franchise. But it was J.J. Watt's birthday. And all he wanted for his birthday was to wear the baby blue Houston Oilers jerseys. I don't know about you, but that would be the perfect way to give someone a birthday present. Personally, this is what I think needs to happen. First and foremost, like I said, happy belated birthday, JJ. Thank you for everything you have done for the Houston Texans. Here's what I think needs to happen. You play it out. You put the jersey on the line. The first time you meet the Titans, whether it be this season or next season, I think the organizations need to get together and discuss this. You put the title and you put the jersey on the line. Whoever wins determines who plays in the jersey the very next game. I don't like that idea. Only because that's like asking, can we wear our jersey? We did. Asking, can we can get we, our stuff back? Yeah, can we get our stuff back that you guys stole from stole from us? Well, you know, they didn't steal it. The team got relocated to Tennessee and then... Uh, a few years later, we got the Texans. But with that being said, it is the month of March, the third week of Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Tex- Podcast Network, rather. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Megaphone, LockedOnTexans.com. You can also find it. Uh, like I said, it's the month of, month of March. We got college basketball kicking off. Shout out to U of H, who's going to the Sweet 16. You also have... The Houston Astros, they're about to kick up their regular season, and they also just extended Justin Verlander and gave Alex Bregman that nice contract. But it just seems like, oh, and the Rockets are making a playoff push. James Harden for MVP, by the way. It just seems like, like every other March, football is taking a backseat. And even when you look at football, the Houston Texans have taken a backseat so far. Um, But I'll tell you what, Cody. They did a, a, a signing. You may feel a certain way about it. I know I feel a certain way about it. I asked the listeners on Twitter and Facebook how they feel about it. Do we want to hop into that, or do we want to come back after a break and discuss what's going on with the Houston Texans? Uh, we come back after the break. Let's come back after the break. Again, this is March 25th. The draft is a month away. Super excited. We're definitely going to continuously talk about what the Texans can do in the latter rounds later this week. I'm super excited to talk about what's going on with the show. These are just our opinions from two guys who love football. So, when we come back on the other side, Locked On Texas Podcast. Welcome back from the other side of the break, guys. Thank you for lending your ears. It's a beautiful day in in Houston, Texas today, uh, March 25th. You know that uh, a couple of days ago we talked about it was J.J. Watt's birthday. Um, the Texans actually got him a gift. They got him a gift. You want to know what that gift was? What was it? Matt Khalil <laughs> signed him to a one-year deal. Uh, the, the, the number hasn't been disclosed yet. 
Hasn't been released. We don't know for how much, but they did sign him to a one-year, what do I call it? Prove it deal. Can you prove it? So they signed him to that one-year deal, guys. Uh, and I'm going to be completely frank, Cody. I don't like that deal. More importantly, I do not like that signing. I know you got your feelings, and I know you have numbers to back what you what you feel about it. But let's just take look at this. Check this out. Last time we saw him, we got to go a year back. So I can't go to last season because, well, we didn't see you. You were out. Missed the whole season with, with a knee injury, right? Mm-hmm. So we got to go back to 2017. In 2017, he posted the worst PFF grade for starting left tackle at one point. That was at 36.6. And, guys, if you do not know what PFF, that's the pro football focus, where they combine a, a lot of advanced stats and grade the players. At one point, Matt Khalil had 36.6. That's awful. The worst starting left tackle in the league. That is awful. And you can say, oh, well, well, look when his best year, his rookie year, 2012. Yeah, he made a Pro Bowl, but this is going on seven years ago. Cody, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what uh, the Texans were thinking, but I believe it was a panic move. We have to get somebody. We failed to get somebody. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? They hit the panic button, and with that panic button, they only got one option pop up, and it was Matt Khalil. John, I understand your frustration, but at the end of the day, I do not think that the Matt Khalil signing is as bad as you making it seem. First of all, the Texas needed some kind of help on the offensive line. And I understand where you're coming from when you said in 2017 he was so-called the worst tackle in the NFL. But, John, I have to remind you, this is a guy who has a career average of a 70 for his grade. So you can't look at 2017 and say, oh, he's trash. No, he's not. 2017, even though he wasn't out, he was still battling knick-knack injuries all throughout the season. 2018 was just a done season. He missed it with a knee injury. You cannot take this guy who the last two years has been battling injuries left and right. It's kind of unfair for him to do that. And at the same time, I believe that this is literally the best low-risk High reward player out there for the Houston Texans. Here's the thing about the last time we saw him and him coming in to the Texans now. For for everything that you just mentioned, why not just roll with Davenport? Now, a, a lot of people who feel like, you know, Davenport wasn't good, whatever the case is, I get it. And if the average is 70, well, let's look at what's going on with the Houston Texans. You drafted up a couple years ago to get your franchise quarterback. His very first year, what did he do? Towards ACL. Last year, he had to take a bus because he couldn't get on a plane because of his collapsed lungs. You do not need average. You don't need average. You need somebody who's above average. You need somebody who can go out there and protect the quarterback that you want for your franchise that you would like to play for 10 years. At your franchise. You don't need average. And if you want to go with average, then just stick with Davenport. You said the last time we saw him or his career PFF grade was a 70. Last year, Davenport posted, it was pretty bad. But at least you're not going to go out and, and pay for a guy. 
You should have been more aggressive in free agency. But that's his career average of a 70. At the end of the day, this is a guy. Matt Khalil is a guy who on three separate occasions, his rookie season, which was in 2012, if I'm not mistaken, 2013 and 2015, he posted a PPF higher than a 70. I think one year he was he was closer to like an 80 or 82, if I'm not mistaken. So, and those was his most healthy years. You have to take into consideration that the last two years, 2017, like I said before, he was battling knick-knack injuries. It wasn't enough to keep him out, but at the same time, you, the Panthers did not get 100% of Matt. They really didn't. And as we all know, like I said before, the knee injury kept you out. Once again, this is a low-risk, high-reward. If he go out there and perform, and perform on the left tackle, protect Watson from the left side, then we all know it was a good signing. But if he go out there and get hurt, just due to the fact that they did not disclose how much money they gave him, lets you know how little of a deal this really is. So at the end of the day, I don't see this deal with Matt Khalil hurting the Texans. At the same time, I feel like this is a deal that that's making them go in a step in the right direction. I mean, so if the Texans feel like this is the best fallback plan or best interim plan for right now, because the lack of aggression that they were in the free agency, the the, the best available tackles and linemen were basically off the board by the time you even made any move, then okay. It just feels like a panic button was pushed. I don't but, consider this a panic button. I just, like I said before, I feel like this is a step in the right direction for the Texans with this signing. And you have to remember, we still have the 23rd pick coming up in the draft. Yeah, so it, let's reiterate. Let's make one thing clear. Nothing about this signing will affect the the way the Texans should go, right? No matter what happens, I believe the very first pick, honestly, personally, I believe out of your first three picks, because you have the 23rd and then, and then in the second round, you have back-to-back at 54 and 55. I believe out of your first three picks, you go lineman twice mm. in a row. And with the twenty, with the with the second round pick with fifty four and fifty five, you can get two guys you have on your board without worrying about if somebody else is going to snag them. So that's super important. Um, I, I'm what I just feel like what I think is it's a panic mode. Now, like I you know reiterated and I keep reiterating, it's not going to change what happens in the draft. And you're right, it is a low risk, high reward, but. Some aggression needs to be done about this offensive line. And Brian Gain, the, the owner's son now, uh, McNair, they need to be held accountable. They very much so need to make sure they hit on this draft. At the end of the day, no matter if it's Matt Khalil or anyone in the draft, at the end of the day, that offensive line needs to be focused on protecting Deshaun Watson. Because if they don't, What's going to happen? We're going to see Watson take a couple beat-up injuries, and he's going to be due to an early retirement. Like, as you all may know by the time this show airs, Rob Gronkowski did with the New England Patriots. My boy Gronk is gone. Sad day in Pats Nation. <laughs> you know? Um, so we're going to talk about who is going to go in a retirement home early if possible. But before we do, guys, you're on your way to work. You're getting ready in the morning. You hop in your car. You want to hear sports talk. You want to hear sports talk about the Texans. Well, what do you do? 
When you get in your car, when you know you can get your podcast from Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, just tell your smart device, play podcast, Locked On Texans. Easy as pie. Play podcast, Locked On Texans. When we come back, retirement homes, tell your grandmothers, your grandfathers, get ready, that's where you're going. Oh, and maybe some NFL players. Welcome back to the Locked On Texans podcast, only on Locked On Podcast Network. John, I know you are from Houston. There's no other city you love more than H-Town. But for some reason, your favorite team is the New England Patriots. And rather you are a Patriots fan or a Patriots hater, like me, it's actually kind of sad knowing that Gronk not going to be on the team no more, man. Like, when I saw that this morning, I was like, man, another one bites the dust. But it's shocking because he's only 29 years old. Not shocking at all for me. We've known Gronk to deal with so many injuries. If you add up the amount of injuries and games that he was out uh, in seasons, and you probably have about two seasons, nearly almost as much as two seasons missed. For football. Uh, Gronk is also a guy who, he's super smart. You know what I mean? He's been living off his endorsement checks, hasn't touched his NFL money. Uh, So when guys like that come around and come about, what I think of immediately is they know when it's time. They're not going to, they're not going to jeopardize themselves especially if you look at what Gronk has done and the position that he's put himself in as maybe the greatest or top three. I think he's the best of all time. The only person that I would put over him is Antonio Gonzalez. Um, Tony Gonzalez, but Gronk knew it was time. And throughout the whole course of last season, he was hurt. He wasn't the same. There was already rumblings about Gronk wants to retire. So I think this was a decision that he made for himself Shout out to Grunk. I'm happy for you, man. And, and you know, one thing about Grunk is you've given us moments on and off the field that have been just pure. And so that's one thing I respect about Grunk. I understand everything that you said. And honestly, I'm really not su- I'm really not surprised by Grunk's retirement either. But it seems like for some reason. NFL players are starting to retire a lot earlier than what they used to. We saw, as we just saw with Gronk, a couple years ago it was Megatron. Remember him with the Detroit Lions? I want to pose a question to you and to our listeners out there. Do you think J.J. Watt will go down this same path? Now, he's under contract for the next two seasons, and by the time his contract is up, he's going to be 32 years old, and he's going to be in his 10th season. Now, I remind you, on the side of the ball that he plays, we've seen a lot of greats stay for a very long time. Julius Peppers just retired. He played 16 years. Michael Strahan actually played 17 years. Do you think J.J. Watt will last that long as Peppers and Strahan, or do you think he would take the route as Rob and call it quits early? Here's the thing about J.J. Well, here's the thing about football players, period, now. The salary cap cap went up, so they're making more money. So, you know, like back in the day, there's a lot of stories where guys had to get summertime jobs 
to, to make ends meet when they was not playing football. And, of course, the salary cap has grown tremendously over the course of the decades. But you look at guys like an IE, J.J. Watt. He got a six-year deal worth $100 million. I believe it was 30 at signing bonus. He's got his money. And when you look at retirement for a lot of these guys, the question that I always ask that I think they're posing through their minds is, have I given everything I possibly could? Look at Grunk. Grunk won three titles. There's nothing else for you to prove. If you look at Grunk's playoff numbers, he has 12 touchdowns and almost 1,200 yards. If you look at everything in a 16 game, that's a season. He's giving you everything. He's giving you moments. When you look at Justin James, a guy that, let's take football out of it, raised what, $30 million for the city of Houston. He's also now lobbying to get the Oilers jersey back. He's also a guy that we mentioned earlier that when he was initially drafted to the Texans, if we want to bring it back to football, he was booed. But then he won those awards. He won Defensive Player of the Year three times. Your contract is up in 2021, am I right? Mm-hmm. At that time, if you have accomplished what you have accomplished, I think, for one, I think Justin James, I call him Justin James because I know him. No, that's, that's his name. I know that's him, what though. his mama called him. So if his mama called him Justin James, then we're going to call him Justin James. If you have accomplished everything that you have that you could possibly determine, because you can't determine if your team makes it to a Super Bowl, you have to worry about a whole other side of the football. And you've also been good with your money. And, of course, you have endorsements. You have the, you have everything that Gronk has endorsement-wise. Why not? Would it be shocking to me, a guy that, you know, previously before last season, he only played eight games in two seasons? He was out with a hernia, a hernia disc. And then last season, he also – not last season, the season before last, he also sustained another injury that kept him out. Would that shock me? No. It wouldn't be surprising. And honestly, I would welcome that because what none of us would like to see, listeners, while you're out there, while you're at work, while, while you're on the way to work, while you're dealing with your kids, as a fan of the Houston Texans, ask yourself, or any fan, but specifically right now, ask yourself, do I want to get to a point where I'm begging this guy to retire because of his play? Or because it's like a, a, a boxer that doesn't know when to quit. Your punch drunk. You don't want to see that with your favorite players, especially a guy like J.J. Watt. The way that he came and dominated for years straight, and he also balled out last season, by the way. He was also healthy again and balled out. Go ahead. We know who you are. A ring will not justify what you mean to this game because unlike the NBA, the NFL has so many great players that don't win rings. It, it's like that in the NBA, but in the NBA, there's always a scale of when you rank the best at positions or the best period, what about the hardware? It's different in the NBA, in the NFL rather. You have 53 other guys to worry about helping you get to that point. I wouldn't be shocked if Justin James retires. I agree with you. I would not be shocked only due to the fact that J.J. Watt has been known to battle a lot of injuries, especially um, prior to this season. He had only played eight games. Eight. And to me, with J.J., if he goes down the same path as Megatron and as Rob, to me, I feel like it would be because his body can't take it anymore. And only time would tell me personally as a 
as a fan of J.J. Watt, I will hope at the end of the day when his career is done, not only he will have a ring, but he's able to bounce back from those injury-prone years he had. Because, I mean, at one time, it really wasn't looking good for, for our boy. No, at one time, I mean, there was a lot of people, fans, saying, I think it's over for J.J. And that was it was kind of sad. And he was only, what, two, maybe three years from removed from winning Defensive Player of the Year? Like, it wasn't that long ago before the injuries started piling up. So, only time will tell. Time will tell is a huge concept. But what I want people to realize is, when we look at retirement, as fans take ourselves out of it, for the players, the, the question is, have I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish? I don't know if you remember, Chris Borland was drafted from, for the 49ers. Uh, this was in 2014. And that guy could ball. He retired after this rookie season. <laughs> Maybe his dream was to make it to the NFL. Then, of course, once you get to the NFL, you look at how everything is structured and different. Mm-hmm. But Calvin Johnson did everything he could. And, and, and even with Barry Sanders, he retired early after the well, way he took a beating with that offensive line and it was cursed. <laughs> and they're still cursed, which is why uh, Calvin Johnson retired. You, you can't break that curse. But what I'm saying is, if you accomplished everything that you came into the league to do, then walk out on your own terms. Don't drag it out. That's when it gets uh, – cut the TV off now. I don't want to see that. You're right. And um, I saw it with Kobe, and it, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. On the other side of the break, this is John's favorite time of favorite. the show. Fan engagement. We want to hear what you guys have to say. So let us know what's going on. How do you feel about the Matt Khalil situation? How do you feel about not only Rob retiring early, but maybe the possibility of J.J. Watt hanging it up within the next two years? Um, Let us know what you think on the other side of the break. Welcome back, guys. You guys really ought to hear the off-record back and forth um, I wouldn't even necessarily call it a debate sometimes. We just go back and forth and argue about anything, about anything in sports. Uh, but as promised, of course, at the end of every show, we got to listen to what you guys are saying. We listen to the listeners. So I asked a question on Facebook. If you guys were GM of the Texans, what would you do in this year's draft? Trade up for the linemen or stay at 23 and take the best available? Corey Barrett. Let's see what my man Corey. Um, he has two kids, Eagles. They, I guess they won a football championship. Um, he has a a black and white profile picture with a phone. He says, "Stay put. Take the best corner available, unless top lineman drops." I, I, man, I disagree with that. No matter what happens in this draft, the very first pick you go get is a. Lyman, which is why I really agree with uh, Colisa Davis the third. He has a super blue Vegeta. Mm. He says, "Stay put. Take best lineman available. Cody Ford yes, or Greg. Cody Ford. Cody Ford. Uh, take Cody Ford or Greg Little. They may fall to the Texans, but if Greedy Williams is there, you take him. He may be a set on defense. I." Here's the thing. I've seen a lot of speculation, a lot of um, mock drafts. I look at those constantly. I I definitely see Greedy Williams falling to the Texans. Mm -hmm. 
My thing about the draft is sometimes you have to ask yourself, do I take the best available or do I take the best available for my needs? Which is why I think you still go to the offensive line. Uh, Gamoro, I hope Gamoro Mendoza. I hope I say that right, man. He says trade Clowney for picks. There's a lot of edge rushers in this year's draft. That's a very ballsy move, <laughs> Mr. Mendoza. If you were the GM of the Houston Texans, that move can only go two ways. You get an extension that following year. Or you get fired the following year. There's only two ways that's going to go. That's a very ballsy move. I like it. He said he's taking that John Gruden approach. He's going to let it go. Uh, my man Scott Nipil. Oh, once again, man, I hope I said that name right. He says work on replacing Kareem Jackson. The O-line needs help as well. Uh, 100% right. When you look at replacing Kareem Jackson, I think that's what they did when they went out and got Roby. Mm-hmm. Um now the the biggest thing about that is you now you have Reed back there, you have Hal back there, you also have Gibson who they signed for a three year twenty two million dollar deal. When you want to look at replacing Kareem Jackson, which you did, now you have to look at replacing what made the Kareem Jackson so good, having two um what replacing what Roby needed, but having a cornerback outside of the slot corner to make his job easier. Um so we're gonna see how that falls out. Or plays out rather, Colton Milstead, my man Colton. He says, I trade one of the second round picks to move up and get Dillard's. Get Dillard if he falls into the teens. Protecting Watson is top priority. Man, I love this guy. He's so smart. You're right. You're right, Colton. Protecting Watson is a top priority. We can use the other second rounder for another OL or a corner. I think that's the. I mentioned that earlier. Go Lyman first two picks and then get corner. There's going to be plenty of corners in this draft. Which I mean, we're going to talk about the draft uh, tomorrow for tomorrow's show. We're going to talk about that. I'm glad uh, Clowning was mentioned because we're going to talk about him as well. He has yet to sign that franchise tag. So we're going to see what's going on with that. I also I got on Twitter, had some fun on Twitter. This was about the Matt Khalil signing. This was so funny, too. So I tweeted, of course, Houston Texans have signed OT offensive tackle. Matt Khalil to a one-year deal. Let us know what you think. Derek Giles, plain and simple, <laughs> sucks. Blade Brown, which is funny because Blade Brown is from a movie with Kid and Play back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he out the, the He got the – this guy's an enthusiast. Yeah, yeah. That, that was play. Uh, Blade Brown just put three trash can emojis. Mm. So that's that. Renee J. He he said what you said, Cody. A low risk signing don't change the long term plans. Wouldn't be shocked if he gets cut before the season. That's a real ballsy prediction. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, man. Some of these guys just hated that signing. Honestly, just sucks. Trash can. Island, huh? Yeah. Well, let me stay on the island then. I mean, look, we're going 0 and 16, Bentley Coop. All caps trash. Um, it's funny. It is funny. So until the next episode, tomorrow we're gonna get back and do another episode for you guys. I always have fun. And 
more importantly, I just can't wait for the draft and the season to get here with OTAs and fresh crash, and they're That's not going. They're, they're they're not going to West Virginia this year for um for the preseason to get ready. Uh, so that's going to be fun. I think they're going to be back here in Houston for the first time in a couple of years. Um, we're going to see adjustments and what's 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 going to happen. So, Cody, want to leave them with anything? Keep joining. Keep listening. Keep subscribing. That's it. That's it. Yeah, Nothing just, else. Just. Okay, that was as boring as the Texans offseason so far. Please subscribe to the Locked On Texas podcast on Apple, Google uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. You can also find it on LockedOnTexans.com. Follow us at Locked On Texans on Twitter and the Locked On Texan podcast page on Facebook. Remember, if you're in your car, just tell your smart device, play Locked On Texas podcast. It'll pop right up. 30-minute drive to your work destination or if you're sitting in traffic. Especially in Houston. You do that a lot. Until next time, peace. Let's talk Texas another day. And we're Bulls on Parade with a party twist. You are Locked On Texans. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.